It's been a bit of a moving target for months now, but this month, interest did start to accrue on federal student loans for the first time since March 2020. And next month, monthly payments will be due again. And it's been, I guess, complicated and confusing and unreliable to, to plan things out to a certain point because I don't know, should I plan to have these monthly payments kick in? Naturally, with a population north of 30 million people, Texas has more borrowers than most states. Is the place that I'm about to move going to be affordable for me still if these payments do kick in at some point and this plan falls through, you know? <laughs> but how many is it exactly? And what's coming next month for those with outstanding federal student loans? I'm Chris Blake, and this is Texas Wants to Know. At $127.2 billion with a B dollars in student loans amongst about 3.8 million people, Texas has the second most debt and number of borrowers in the country, both trailing California, according to the U.S. Department of Education. We're in this period where unfreezing is happening on some accounts, interest is starting to accrue again. So what do borrowers need to know this fall as those two things happen this month and then payments start again next month? Well, first and foremost, uh, student loan borrowers should be fully aware that the pause has ended. That's Paul Goebel. He's the director and founder of the Student Money Management Center at the University of North Texas in Denton. That is September 1st, and that the expectation of repayment begins in October. So those two important dates, hopefully every student loan borrower is fully aware of. That's what's important. I have not had to pay anything back yet because of the pauses, because I graduated in 2021, and it was during that pause time, I guess. Dylan Jeffries graduated from Stephen F. Austin University in Nacogdoches. So it's kind of just been frozen forever of the normal time that I would be paying things back. The Biden administration said in August 2022 that it would cancel up to $400 billion in student loans. But the U.S. Supreme Court ruled this summer that the president had overstepped his authority. How have you been keeping up with all of the different developments? I mean, a lot of it is updates from the, the studentaid.gov website. I get emails from them whenever something changes about the new plan announcements and all that. And I'll, I'll see stuff online, too. And there's a lot of, I guess, uh, clickbaity articles where they'll make it seem like things changed. And then I'll click on it and it'll be stuff I already knew. There's, there's stuff like that all the time. But occasionally I'll see like, OK, there's actually is a new plan coming out that you can sign up for it. Have there been any frustration with all the back and forth or are you just kind of rolling with it? There has been frustration for sure. I It's a little difficult to try and plan out my future and if I want to move somewhere and what I actually want to do in life um, without knowing if I actually have the funds that are in my account, kind of looking at it that way. I don't like being in debt, I'm sure, as as no one does. So if I can pay chunks of it off comfortably than I would like to. But as of now, it's like for a long time there, the government was promising like apply for this and your loan forgiveness will be gone. And I was in the bracket where 100% of my loans would have been relieved from that program. During the pause, um, I would hope that um, student, all student loan borrowers took the time to really do a deep dive and reflect on their um, personal um, financial situations on their budgets and on their personal choices. So when the pause came to an end on September 1st, that they were already in position with a plan to successfully and transparently step back into meeting their repayment obligations. According to that Department of Education data I mentioned, 
Texas has the most borrowers who owe less than $5,000 and between 40 and 80 grand. California is tops in all other debt ranges. Texas has the most borrowers 24 years old and younger and the most between the ages of 35 and 49. Even though that students have been involved with uh, making decisions with financial resources, including student loans for several years, oftentimes they are not aware of what the next steps are, meaning the repayment uh, period of their lives. For it. So that is an important people moment for our center to help students uh, understand what their next steps are. Now, during the pause, a lot of students simply big smiles on their faces, as you can imagine. However, we wanted them to be proactive and to understand that while the pause may be at that time ongoing, that they can still make payments to hopefully um, pay down or reduce their debt. Now, preparing for repayment, for most student loan borrowers, it's just understanding what does that mean for me? And that's what we hopefully guide them to resources and to um, answers to their questions. And that looks different for everybody, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly right. Now, with the pause ending and repayment beginning, that is basically the blanket policy applied to all student loan borrowers for it. But exactly right, what does it mean to me? And that's really the perspective that every student loan borrower really needs to clarify. In August, the Biden administration announced the SAVE plan, which it touted as, quote, the most affordable student loan plan ever. But as of early September, more than 4 million people had enrolled in SAVE, which will lower borrowers' monthly payments. How does that plan work? The income-driven repayment plan that calculates monthly payments based on multiple factors, with the significant one being the borrower's discretionary income. Um, depending on the borrower's situation, the SAVE plan can reduce their federal student loan payments by as much as half. Uh, single, single borrowers who earn an annual income of $32,800 or less will have a zero monthly payment under the new plan. Uh, if monthly payments are too small to cover all of the interest that accrues each month, the Department of Education has made a commitment to cover 100% of the remaining uh, unpaid balance. Um, if the original loan amount borrowed was $12,000 or less, the borrower can take advantage of loan forgiveness in just 10 years instead of uh, 20 or 25. Uh, if the borrower is married and files their taxes separately, they no longer have to include their spouse's income. And by excluding the spousal earning, effectively lowers the income that's used for their payment calculation. This is an administration that ran on reducing student debt for a lot of the campaign in 2020. The Supreme Court already struck down one executive order. This SAVE program is another option that the Biden administration has presented. Do you think it will suffer a similar fate? And what should borrowers who enroll in this kind of be prepared for in case there are political headwinds that the SAVE program faces? Well, first and foremost, do I do, as a private citizen, do I envision this plan being challenged and by as the previous efforts? I I would hope not, to be honest with you. Um, in fact, in her um, August 22nd statement regarding um, the SAFE plan, uh, Vice President Harris captured, I think, the intent of the plan um, in that, uh, and I'm quoting now, every American deserves the opportunity to pursue a college education without the burden of unmanageable student loan debt. And I think that sentiment um, crosses the political spectrum.
say a borrower is not in position to start paying back their loans in October, what options do they have? They can, they may be able to work with their servicers and lenders to postpone the student loan payments um, and ask for more time by requesting a deferment or forbearance. Most definitely they want to probably consider a forbearance first because oftentimes interest is not accrued during a deferment. However, the same does not hold during the forbearance. So first and foremost, again, one of the options to consider. Um, if the borrower is unemployed, um, when the student loan repayments uh, resume, uh, they can request an unemployment uh, deferment um, with their servicer. If they're dealing with another financial challenge, um, they may be able to be considered for an economic hardship deferment. Again, a lot of options that student loan borrowers may not know even exist for it, but that is again where the partnership between a borrower and a servicer or lender comes into play and is very vital. So if nothing else, all of the different qualifiers and caveats for different programs that you've just mentioned illustrate that this is not necessarily a simple process to wrap your hands around, right? Not so much. I think being proactively planning, it's like any component in life for it. Um, the pause I think everyone, every student loan borrower, and I think every entity, every corner of our country realized it was not going to be forever. There was going to be a period that it would end. And that's where hopefully student loan borrowers who were proactively considering and putting into position their plans to successfully transition back. Hopefully that applies to, I would hope, the majority of student loan borrowers. But again, there are financial challenges that I think Expectedly, that occur in life. And for those borrowers, there are options. Without getting into specifics on the dollar amount, Jeffrey says his debt falls within one of the lower ranges. And if I'm being honest, he had his stuff together more than most in their 20s that I've talked to. I, to be honest with you, I would not have gone to college if it was going to put me in a position like that. I had some savings going into it to where I feel like I was able to pull out a reasonable amount of money from my savings and get a reasonable amount of loans to where I wouldn't be in, in a terrible situation, even expecting to pay all of them back as I was at the time, you know. He says navigating student loans at SFA was actually pretty smooth. Their online portal regarding signing up for financial and stuff was really good compared to other ones that I've seen. They gave the breakdown of if it was subsidized or unsubsidized, when interest would kick in, how much you qualified for based on certain values um, of your income and family income and whatever. And so I, I took out only subsidized loans, which was a goal of mine. So I wouldn't have to, wouldn't start getting interest accruing as I was in college. Um, and they, they made it very easy for me to navigate that, me and my family, I guess. And for students at UNT, Goebel says he's there to help. The Student Money Management Center was created to help students build and expand their personal financial knowledge and skills to, to successfully address the financial realities inherent in the college experience today. Um, at the center, our purpose is quite simple. We help people soar. We empower students to soar in their personal financial lives with knowledge, skills, confidence, and resiliency so they can be successful in addressing and managing the financial responsibilities of college. And more importantly, is to develop the skills and the knowledge that they'll need to successfully address new financial realities and responsibilities they'll be facing as graduates in the years to come. I'm Chris Blake at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thanks for joining me for Texas Wants to Know. 
If you like the show, please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I wrote and produced this episode with sound design by Bree Flores, editorial support from Cooper Mall, and original music by Michael Eisenstein. Odyssey's managing producer for National News Podcasts is Myron Kaplan.